The Holy Gospel according to John, the first chapter. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. This is the testimony given by John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, No. Then they said to him, Who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, Why then are you baptizing if you are neither the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water. Among you stands one whom you do not know, the one who is coming after me. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandal. This took place in Bethany, across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. This was one of those weeks in sermon writing world where Tuesday, then Wednesday, then Thursday, there wasn't anything whatsoever coming together in a way that allowed me even to start writing something. And so Thursday night, I told my dear wife, Kathy, that it could be a long Friday and Saturday. Shortly thereafter, I got a call from longtime member Quinta Bontrager's daughter, also named Kathy. Quinta has had a number of chronic conditions she's been battling for years, and her daughter Kathy told me on Thursday night that doctors on Thursday afternoon had told them that there was nothing more they could do, and they were advising hospice care, and they thought it would be just a day or two. I asked Kathy if she knew if I could visit. She said she didn't know. I asked if she'd mind if I tried. She said she would be happy if I tried. So first thing Friday morning, I did try, and I was allowed to visit, and I wasn't expecting to see that Quinta was so actually very alert, so that when I walked into the room and from the corner of her eyes she knew someone was there, she said, who is it? And I said, it's Pastor Roger, Quinta, and she smiled a big smile. She said, oh, it's so good to see you. It's been so long. Her nurse, whose name was Kathy, by the way, this is why my dear wife, when she was growing up, started spelling her name with an I on the end to distinguish her from all the other Cathys in her class. But Quinta's nurse, Kathy, then asked where I was a pastor. I said, Glory Day Lutheran Church in Iowa City. Quinta said, How's everything going at Gloria Day, Pastor? Well, I said, things being the way they are, uh, everything's still online, but we're having a great Advent, really, and Christmas is coming, but I think we've got some really good things uh, to offer then as well. I showed her a picture of the chancel here as it's all decorated for the, for the season. She said, I love my church. I have missed it so much. 
but those online services surely help. Quinta had told me sometime back, way before COVID, when we were, we were initially offering, you know, we've been doing that for a few years, that the first time she accessed online worship, it literally moved her to tears. It just felt so good to have that connection to her church again on Sunday mornings. Nurse Kathy said, I take my kids to church every Christmas Eve, and they just love it. I said, and what church is that? And she said, Gloria Day. She said, in fact, my youngest was just asking me if we'd be able to do that again this year. He really likes the part where the kids are called up for the Christmas story. Apparently, they attended the early Christmas Eve service, Deacon Pam. I told her no, but that a version of that service they always attended would be online starting at 2 o'clock on Christmas Eve. I also told her that on Christmas morning, when staff, staff members would be leaving, leading worship services from their homes and everybody would be invited even just to gather in their pajamas around their Christmas trees in their homes if they wanted to worship with us from there, and that on that morning when many of us would be opening presents together online, we would open the best Christmas present ever, the love of God born in a manger. She said, that all sounds really good. Maybe we'll do that. Quintus said, Christmas at Gloria Day is always so good. I said, it surely is, Quinta. But if doctors are right, your Christmas this year will be even better. For we'll be singing carols about the angels, but you'll be singing with them. She smiled. She said, I hope they let me in. I said, they only accept sinners. The rest is Jesus. She said, well, I am one of those. Well, then, Quinta, I said, how about if I give you communion? I had cleared this ahead of time with Nurse Kathy. Quinta said that would be wonderful. So Friday, in her room at the University of Iowa Hospital's Respiratory Intensive Care Unit, Quinta and I shared a brief service of Advent carols and communion. I've been ever trying ever since to imagine, but I haven't been able to imagine a more profoundly perfect setting for Advent worship. For during Advent, as darkness around us deepens, we, in this world of sin, where things are the way they are, we look for, long for, wait for, prepare for the coming of Jesus when things will be what he promises they will be. I prayed with Quinta by singing with Quinta, me with my mask, she with her oxygen mask. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. Oh, come, blessed day, spring, come and cheer our spirits by your advent here. Disperse the gloomy clouds of night and death's dark shadows put to flight. And Quintus' eyes were glistening with joy as from behind her mask she sang with me, 
Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to you, O Israel. We talked about what it might be like when the time came. She said, I don't know. I wonder if I'll know. But I do know I'm not afraid. Last week my heart stopped twice and they brought me back both times. And both times what I remember is this, is just this peace. I said that's the peace of God that Christ gives. I didn't see a light at the end of the tunnel though, she said. I said, I imagine that's because it wasn't quite time yet. When the time comes, I said, there will be light. For when the time comes, you'll see Jesus. Jesus, who said, I am the light. And I am the resurrection and the life. We prayed. We used his words. It was a perfect place for that too. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Forgive us our sins. Save us from the time of trial. Deliver us from evil. I gave her communion and the real promises of Jesus and the real presence of Jesus that come with it. The body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you in his grace unto life everlasting with him, I said. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine upon you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace, I said. And then we sang again, this time not a prayer, but a proclamation. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and heaven and nature sing. And it was time for me to go. And it was time for Quinta to continue her Advent journey. To wait in hope and peace and joy for the coming of Jesus. As I left, Nurse Kathy said, thank you for coming. That was great. I said, thank you. I did not say, I didn't think of it at the time. I wished later I had said, thank you for doing what you do. That is great. Nor did I say, I did actually think this, but it just didn't feel like it needed to be said at that particular time. But I did think, Nurse Kathy, you are right. This was truly great and powerful and beautiful. But that is not because of me. It's because I had Jesus to remind her of, to give her, to sit with, and to look forward to with her. 
And then I went to church to get working on an Advent sermon for this third Sunday of Advent, when for the second week in a row we are called to Advent worship, but that, that totally peculiar uh, but towering Advent superhero, John the Baptist, John who Jesus would later say, when it comes to the true greatness of being truly human, was the greatest human a human mother ever birthed but who in our gospel text for today, when asked in front of a large crowd to tell us a few things about yourself, had no interest whatsoever in talking about himself. And so John the Evangelist, John the Gospel writer, writing about John the Baptist, writes that he himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. And he continues, this is the testimony given by John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He confessed, did not deny, confessed, I am not the Messiah. And they asked him, what then, are you, the, are you Elijah? There was and actually remains an expectation that Elijah would return when the Messiah came. He said, I am not. They said, are you the prophet? This may refer to something which God had said uh, to Moses, and that is that God would raise up a prophet like Moses when the Messiah came. John answered, nope, I'm not him either. They said to him, then who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? Well, unlike some these days who seem unable to talk about anything without making it all about they themselves, saying something about himself wasn't the title of one single chapter in John's autobiography. So he answered their question about who or what he was. By saying that what he was, was here to tell them about someone he wasn't. Or in his exact words, I'm the one, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, the one who was promised, the one who is coming, the one who will be light in our deep darkness, the one whose light is so bright I can't hold a candle to him. For I'm nothing compared to him, so much so that I'm not even worthy to bend down and untie his shoe. And that, in his own version of a nutshell, was John, John the baptizer, the greatest human who ever lived, who, according to the Son of God, who became human to live in our midst. John, who never once ever told anyone how great he was, Rather, he told everyone, every sinner he could find. He tells us and all who walk in this land of deep darkness how greatly bright was and is the light of God in the flesh, in the sun, coming soon, coming now, coming to us, coming to all to shine in the dark. John leaves me thinking that the great who are great with true greatness know who they are, but they also know who they aren't. And the great who are great in the faith, above all, know the greatness of Jesus. Jesus who, in those moments when our personal I am's or our personal I am not's haunt us, does exactly what John said he would do. He comes. He comes to us. And in John's gospel, anyway, the light he so often shines with is the light 
of the beautiful and powerful promises of his I am's. And so when I, or maybe you, see so much dark around us or within, he comes and he says, I am the light. Or when I, or maybe you, are hungry, even though our stomachs are full, but we're hungry, he comes and he says, I am the bread of life. Or when I, or maybe you, are lost, or feeling so in some way deeper than we can name, he comes and he says, I am the way. Or when I, or maybe you, have no idea what's even true anymore, he comes and he says, I am the truth. Or when I, or maybe you, don't know the way we're going and everywhere we see looks threatening, he comes and he says, I'm the good shepherd. I'll lead you through, I'll lead you home. Don't be afraid. Or when I, or Quinta, or of course all of us one day are dying, he comes and he says, I am the resurrection and the life. John was a great man. He knew who he was. He knew who he wasn't. And he knew that if there was anything at all in he himself that was truly great, it was that passion that burned like fire in his heart every time he opened his mouth to say, you want to talk about great? And then he pointed to Jesus. Which is to say, and this almost seems peculiar, but John, peculiar, there's a lot of that going around, John, though loud and bold and courageous in naming sin and in speaking truth to power when it sinned, was also as much as anyone ever humble. For it was never about him. It was always about Jesus. Someone once said, and there's some truth to it, biblically speaking, that humility does not mean putting yourself down. It means lifting others up. John adds a corollary. Humility is not about lifting yourself up because you've got no time for it. For you, maybe boldly, maybe quietly, maybe with words, maybe with deeds, maybe for all to see, maybe in ways only God can see, are ever faithfully and with joy in your heart, lifting Jesus up. Amen. Before we sing the hymn of the day, at 3.30 yesterday afternoon, he who is the light and the life said to the angels, it is time. Bring Dear Quinta, the lamb of my own flock, a sheep of my own fold, a sinner of my own redeeming, home to me. There will be a private family service sometime later in the new year. Amen.